Hello, and welcome to Down to Sally's Cove, a collection of stories about Newfoundland and Labrador by the late Ella Manuel and read by me, Anthony Berger. I'm the editor of my mother's writings about the history and rich culture of the places and people she knew and loved. Many of these stories she read on local and national radio in the 1940s to 1970s. Just after the end of the Second World War, as Ella Manuel was beginning to think of ways to earn a living in Newfoundland, she had an interesting conversation with some fly fishermen from the southern United States. This might have been one thing that led to the sports fishing venture she later developed at Kildevil Lodge in Lomond. Here is A Chance Meeting, A New Idea. There's an old saying that misery loves company. We were a miserable crowd that day in Moncton as the rain poured down and the plains stayed on the tarmac. I had just left Newfoundland that September of 1945 to return to New England where I was to spend the winter. Now we faced a night's delay instead of a few comfortable hours of flying. A big sunburned man stood beside me when he heard the announcement. Sorry, folks. The flight to Boston has been cancelled. You'd best catch the next train. He swore softly under his breath, and then glancing at me, said, Oh, oh, excuse me. We both laughed, and the ice was broken. That's a fine-looking rod case you have there, I said. May I look inside? Why, sure, he replied, and opened the case. When I appeared to show an intelligent interest, he said with a gleam of real friendship in his eye, Say, do you fish too? Why, yes, I replied, waiting breathlessly for this opportunity. I live in Newfoundland, so naturally I fish. You do? Holy smoke! Hey, fellers! And with an all-embracing gesture to the lobby, Come and see the gal who fishes in Newfoundland! They came, half a dozen of them, and the questions they asked nearly floored me, but I'd made up my mind to sell them a bill of goods. Well, how did you hear about fishing in Newfoundland? I asked. Oh, replied one, some fishing guy wrote a story about General Marshall and General Harnold fishing the river down there. Say, did you ever fish that one? No, but I know the man who wrote the story. And as for fishing, you should see the lower Humber in August. Now that's fishing, gentlemen. Last summer one day in the Steady Brook Pool, one fisherman had a twenty-pounder on his line, while his wife on the opposite bank played one equally large. In fact, once they were both landed, within twenty-five minutes of being hooked, hers was five pounds heavier than his. Well, they just stared at me. They'd heard such stories before, of course, but they'd never seen anyone in the flesh who'd been witness to such fantastic goings-on. As we boarded the waiting train and settled down to four hours traveling before the connection to Boston, questions began again. Well, what's the average-sized salmon? Well, you don't boast about anything under twenty pounds. Of course, grills come smaller, and there's quite a few of them caught. What size hooks do you use? Number six, generally. Stream of flies? Nope, only for trout. How much backing? On and on I floundered, thinking that the next question would be my last, and my abysmal ignorance would finally be exposed. So to play safe, I began to ask them, uh, well, Where have you been fishing up to now? Well, we've been up in New Brunswick. But the weather was terrible, and the water too high. We only got two salmon between the lot of us. Of course, we don't mind spending money, 
but it makes a guy sort of mad to spend 500 bucks and not have the fun of landing at least the grills. $500, I said, holding onto my seat. How long were you there, a month? No, about 10 days. But you see, what with cabins $18 a day and supplies and boats and cigarettes and a bottle or two of liquor and, of course, presents for our wives, and we bought $100 worth of flies tied by some local fella. All this time I had been making mental calculations. 500 times 6 is 3,000. Can't be. Not 3,000 in 10 days. Why, that's nonsense. I started again and carefully checking the knots on my fingers, decided the amount was $3,000, without a doubt. Yet these men weren't really rich as Americans think of wealth. One man ran a several grocery shops, another was a real estate dealer in a small town. That much I gathered from the conversation. One man said, Well, we used to buy all sorts of things in Canada to take home to our families, and this time all we could find was cups and saucers. What do you sell in Newfoundland that we can't get anywhere else? I thrust out my arm encased in a beautiful Nonia sweater. They were impressed. I pulled out from my case a pair of slippers made by the Grenfell people from blanketing and embroidered with flowers. They were fulsome in their praise and wanted to buy the slippers from me. I described the many other things we made. Nonia tweeds, Grenfell socks and gloves, moccasins, sealskin mittens and boots hook rugs and panels, bone and wood carvings, the prices they couldn't believe. Nine dollars for that sweater? It's worth twenty-five. I began to think that their desire to visit Newfoundland was half compounded of wanting to catch a salmon and half of the love of finding bargains. Well, you could make thousands of dollars on that stuff, they told me. Everyone would want to buy something to take home to his family. And then one of the men asked, Say, couldn't we go down there next summer, around the end of July, maybe? How about you giving us the names of people who could put us up? Well, I wish I could, I said. I'd love to have you visit Newfoundland, but there are very few places catering to people like you, and they're full for the whole summer. There just aren't many cabins on the fishing rivers. That was beyond them. What? No cabins and nowhere to stay? We don't want the rich, you know. Outdoor toilets suit us. For heaven's sake! Here you are with everything a fisherman could want, and plenty of us willing to pay for it, but nowhere to go. Why? That was the question I couldn't answer, the question that floored me completely, and then I had an idea. That was me, Anthony Berger, reading a story by the late El Emanuel from the podcast series Down to Sally's Cove. This was recorded in the studios of VOBB, the Voice of Bombay, community radio in the heart of Grossmoor National Park in western Newfoundland. Recording engineer and sound editor was Gary Wilton. Background music from Coffee in the Cove, written and played by David Berger. Together with a biography of my mother, these and other stories are available in book form entitled No Place for a Woman, the Life and Newfoundland Stories of El Emanuel, published in 2020 by Breakwater Books, St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador. Thanks for listening.